0: Well, as 2022 draws to a close, it is time for our last weekly installment of our Journal Corner when we invite a journalist on to talk about stories they've been covering. Interesting stuff. And what better way to see out the new year than with one of our favourite guests, National Post reporter Tristan Hopper. Who's in Victoria tonight? Lots to talk about this evening. Uh, Tristan just wrote a series of articles about what's broken and what's not in this country. What's not is pretty interesting. What's broken is, I think, we talk about it on the show quite a bit. But what's not is also interesting. Uh, more than some fifty percent of Canadians want a federal election in twenty twenty three, which seems astounding. Um, there's a U.S. congressman whose CV is so fictitious that it's hard to figure out what on it is true. And uh, one of Tristan's. Uh, uh, sort of buckaboos, is is paper straws. And uh, those are fast becoming a, more of a reality. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Tristan, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, what you, you looked at what was broken, and I think we could talk about medical wait times and all kinds of stuff, uh, a few weeks ago. And then last week, you looked at what's better in Canada? And you found some really interesting stuff about stable marriages and Lego. Uh, Tell me what's working in this country right now, because we hear so much about what isn't.
1: Uh, Yeah, the story idea came courtesy of my dad. So, classic parent pitch. Uh, I've been writing, you know, he reads everything I write, and he's like, yeah, you've been writing a lot about how, you know, everything's going to hell. How about you write about nice things for change, son? So, I did, and it actually did really well. It, it turns out, you know, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That's the old journal slogan. Uh, apparently, yep. if it's you know moderately positive, it leads. That's what we well, learned.
0: Yeah, at this time of year, always welcome as well. You found out some interesting stuff, though. Something about you know, certainly about uh, about marriages in this country, the cost of Lego hot dogs.
1: Yeah, a few of them, and some we should be proud of. Some of them are just you know kind of. They're happening everywhere. Uh, Like I mentioned, uh, cancer is becoming more survivable. Uh, That's pretty much the case everywhere, Uh, cancer technology. Some of it is due to Canadian innovations, but it's sort of happening everywhere. One of them, uh, what's particularly surprising to me, was road deaths are going way down, Uh, like just compared to 20 years ago, and that's not too long ago. That's I'm still in high school um we basically have 1000 less people each year dying on roads and that's despite the fact that we're adding more cars, more roads and way more people uh each year um and again that's not and it's it's not an inevitable trend you would think like oh cars are getting safer or something but in the us it's the opposite cars you know more people are getting killed on the roads so as to why that's happening, uh, I don't know. We're just getting better at not dying on roads. Uh, we're slowing down. Drunk driving is going down. So that is actually, of all the things I found, that's the thing I think we can take most national pride in because that's our doing has caused fewer people. And a thousand is a lot. That's a whole lot of people not dying each year.
0: It is. Uh, Canadian marriages are oddly stable. That was a pretty yeah, good one. Well, certainly that's compared another, to our parents. Yeah.
1: So yeah, compared to so we basically hit uh, that's that's another one where people were surprised. They assumed it, it was just getting you know the the standard thing is like half of all marriages uh, you know fall apart, and that was true in the '90s. So basically, a uh, the, the low level rate of people got divorced, and then the boomers just brought it to the stratosphere, and it sort of peaked around the 1990s. That's when divorces kind of got their highest and then they've just been going down and they keep going down more and more and more to the point where in 2020, which is actually when I got divorced, um, that was the lowest ever since the 1970s. And that was before we even had no fault divorce. So if you got divorced in the early 1970s, someone had to have an affair or you had to have some sort of reason for it. So we're below even those numbers despite population growth. So the rate of divorce is just plummeting And it's plummeting way faster than the rest of the G7. So the Americans, French, everybody else has more divorces than us. So for some reason, our marriages are stable. I
0: don't know why. It would be worth looking into in 2023. Our inflation rate, this is something we talk about all the time, and we know this because we look at all the other countries' inflation rates when our numbers come out. But uh, our inflation rate is actually pretty low by world standards these days.
1: Yeah, it, it, so it is at generational highs here in Canada. But, yeah, when you look at the OECD numbers, um, we are we are the envy of much of the world. So the Dutch, uh, we never stop hearing about how great the Dutch are with all their bike lanes. They're getting hammered with 15% inflation. So it's 6.7% inflation, which is still very high. And, you know, I can give you any number of reasons. You can still hate the Bank of Canada. So don't worry about that. You can still hate them. But um, yeah, our inflation is quite good as compared to even stable countries. Like obviously, it's going to be out of control in you know, Venezuela, Ecuador, or whatever. But um, yeah, all across Europe,
0: it's worse. It is. Uh, I was the Netherlands fourteen point three, Belgium twelve point three, Italy eleven point eight. The EU average is eleven point five. It's uh, Canada's looking pretty, pretty, pretty decent compared to those. Which leads me to the whole idea that. Fifty percent of Canadians won an election in twenty twenty three because one of the big, obviously one of the big conservative talking points is inflation, just inflation as they call as they call it unfairly. I would say, um, but is that a surprise? I've, I've never known so many people to want an election. It, in it is a little surprising,
1: yeah, because yeah. if there is anything we hate, it's uh, you know having it's an election. Uh, like uh, I'm, I'm reminded, like it, it's been in my lifetime. But basically, half of the elections, the main topic of most of the election has been why it's BS. We have to have this election. So yeah. uh, that was. I remember 2011, which is when the conservatives uh, won their majority. Yeah, half of that campaign was just like, why are we having this election? This is stupid. I hate elections. Um, yeah, so that's,
0: that's usually, which yeah, is fair. Is... You
1: know, well, elections yeah. are annoying. It dominates the news. Uh, You have to find out your neighbor supports a different party, and you got to look at that sign all all the time. So um i think it's very healthy to dislike democracy is good i'm glad we pick our own governments but it's also healthy to you know dislike that actual process so it is surprising that we would want to go through that and you have to really screw things up for a large portion of canadians to actively want an election because we really don't like doing it
0: what struck me uh looking at the polling at least the recent polling on Pierre Poilievre is that we actually ha- are, have now ended up with two uh, you know a, a prime minister and a leader of the official opposition that are both sort of equally unpopular <laughs> That two two people that the vast majority of Canadians seem to really not like depending yeah. on, it, but, depending but it, on what side you are
1: I think that's to Poilievre's advantage because I think uh, a lot of Trudeau's brand is based on being likable and I think uh, sort of Poilievre's secret weapon is that he doesn't need to be likable. Uh, he can be, you know, this this weirdo who dresses like an old man uh, because I think what he's pushing is his personal brand. If everything's broken, you need someone to fix it. And, you know, that person, it, it almost enhances it if he's a jerk uh, that nobody likes uh, because he's he sort of pitching himself. He's got to do all this messy business. Um, so, yeah, this is the rare instance in politics. may not happen again in my lifetime. In which being unlikable and weird, and I, I still don't know what's in his hair if that's pomade where you would buy pomade, um, yeah, all, yeah. All, all of those potentially offputting things that would you know make a, a, a standard political strategist lose sleep. Uh, that is to his uh, advantage at this particular point in Canadian politics.
0: Yeah, well, I remember when Stephen Harper first came along; he sort of fit the bill as well, although Paul Martin wasn't. Um... He was a nice. man always. Paul Martin was, you know, I interviewed them. All, I interviewed all of them at one point. He he was a decent man, but he had a hard time coming across as being particularly likable. But Stephen Harper didn't exactly present himself as being the most uh, affable guy. I <laughs> remember that famous picture of him shaking his son's hand at school. Right, that was the. That oh was yeah,
1: the famous yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I I I've always, uh, you know, I always thought democracy is healthiest when. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have people who aren't tremendously comfortable, and my favorite politician is always someone who looks beleaguered. Um, yes, like I, I, I want to take it a step further. Not only do they look uncomfortable and unlikable, but they look like they hate every single day that they are in power. Um, I think that's <laughs> that's where you have I just perfect. Uh, I, I would almost think my ideal political system would be you know it's a form of jury duty. Like uh, we, we just a van shows up and we you know find someone who seems re- reasonably competent. And we just sort of, you know, detain them uh, by the force of the state, and they have to run things for a while. Um, yeah, you,
0: you got to be suspicious of anyone who looks like they're enjoying it too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, this has never know. been tried. Uh, this sort of democracy by, you know, uh, detention and kidnapping. But uh, I, I think it would yield a, a, a good system.
0: It might yield more likable candidates in the long run. <laughs> but it's it's been that an interesting is. year. So, uh, I mean, the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I think
1: yeah, we do have a long history of just. Um, amazingly, I think more so than other countries. Um, I mean, if you look at the history of just Canadian prime ministers, we have some catastrophically unlikable. I mean, our longest-serving prime minister, Mackenzie King, uh, was probably just unbelievably low quantities uh, of charisma. Uh, he didn't make an impression on any, and he he met everybody. Uh, he met Hitler. He met FDR. Um, I, I don't think he meant. He doesn't really factor into any political autobiographies. Just no one remembered him, and if they did, it was just why he was there and how strange he was. So we do have a long history of you know people without friends who are somehow in charge of the country.
0: An about face from George Santos. I apologize if if anybody feels
1: hurt or betrayed. I will gain everybody's trust back by just delivering results for them and making sure they do not forget why they voted for me in the first place.
0: The Republican telling Sky Ostriker with City and State New York he did embellish parts of his resume, but that he's done nothing wrong. He remains defiant despite calls for him to resign for making up that he attended college and lying about work experience, which was exposed by The New York Times. Lionel Moyes, ABC News, New York. Tristan Hopper is with us this half hour. George, I, you know, this story, um, <laughs> I mean, this is someone who just got elected to Congress in Long Island in New York, uh, who lied about just about everything on his CV. And it seemed like such a fitting end to 2022 that this was the story that would sort of dominate uh, the political headlines in America as we exit this year.
1: This was a highly enjoyable story. Yeah, it was like one, one of those, uh, uh, like a British panto, uh, in which it, it just was- gets more and more insane as it goes on because you start the story and you're like oh yeah lie lied about working for goldman sachs who worked with a company that was affiliated with goldman sachs and then uh lied about going to school um didn't lie about like you know i went to an ivy league but i actually went to you know university of california you didn't go to school at all and then it gets more and more surreal as you dig into it so it starts getting to oh yeah i'm actually not jewish um, you know, there's questions about, uh, he claims to be the first, like, you know, gay Republican congressman. It's like, is, is he really gay though? He was he's married to a woman for a while. And then it gets, it starts just getting really surreal. And they're like, you're wanted in Brazil for like, unknown crimes. So Check I'm broad. reminded of, uh, I won't name the politician's name, but, uh, it was someone who was kicked out of a particular Alberta political party. And, uh, yeah, there was like a string of charges and it was, like, plagiarism, and then, at the end, it got into like poaching uh or something like that so th- th- that's that's what this is so yeah, it would have been a good story with just the top three, but it just keeps going, and as you mentioned, where it's it's it, it's hard to sort of determine what about his life w- was not completely made up, so it's yeah. Obviously, it's- there's a there's a problem here with this
0: individual. Yeah. It's it's just – it's the shamelessness of it that's so, ast- so astounding. I mean, I, I don't – I've had to fill – I have a CV, right? We all have CVs. You know, even when you get a date wrong you, – you, I used to spend hours trying to – or not hours. Just trying to make sure I got – I remember sitting in a CV once where my graduation date was wrong. I, I think I put 93 instead of 94. I'm thinking, oh, wow, I, I hope they don't – I hope that doesn't get me disqualified. This guy was just like, hey, uh, yeah, I worked at Goldman Sachs. Hmm, I went to school here. This could be good. And then he gets elected, which is yeah, – I don't know. Yeah, I would like I mean,
1: to think uh, – I mean there's ways these can uh, – these can spiral out of control. So, I mean, a, a, a frequent Canadian example is the prominent academic or the prominent politician uh, who has said they've been First Nations this whole time. We find out that's not true at all. So I can see how that could sort of spiral out. There was a brief period of time I thought I had Jewish heritage. Uh, There was a name in my family tree that was sort of a Jewish name for that region of Europe. Uh, So we're like, uh, oh, that makes sense. I got curly hair. Boom, I'm Jewish. So, uh, you know, there was a few years before I, you know, get a, a Google search and realize, oh, that's not true at all. So I can see how if... Things had worked out different for me if if I was running say in a heavily Jewish part of Montreal for you know, a political party i you know that claim would go a bit too far and then it would spiral out of control and sure, I think that is maybe. what happened yeah. with a lot of the like pretendian candidates but for that to happen everywhere, I don't know but i'm I'm sure it's been you know an epic series of events that has caused him to live a life in which everything is a lie.
0: Yeah, and he's he's vowing, he's going to get sworn in next week, and he's vowing to do it. He's vowing to go. Uh, They're going to investigate him. I guess they can try and kick him out. But uh, it looks like he's actually going to represent his district, at least temporarily. Which, which again,
1: uh, I mean, if you look at politicians from a utilitarian standpoint, as I try to, uh, I mean, maybe a chronic liar is to your advantage, Long Island. And this actually could work out well for you. It's only two-year terms. So see how it works. And if it does, keep electing liars.
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe you give someone who's completely incompetent and a serial liar a chance to, to be a politician. You never know. But it certainly does. Um, you know, if, if you thought you couldn't possibly degrade the politician more, this would certainly do it. This would certainly do
1: it. Yeah, yeah. He's a sociopath. But if he's your sociopath, it's, it's like everybody hates lawyers, but everybody likes their lawyer. So as long as he's on yeah. your side, it doesn't really matter, you know, how many lies he's telling
0: I'm always fascinated when someone with 5 million Twitter followers gets into a spat with someone who not even a spat. She basically smacked a kickboxing champion. But the, have you been following this Greta Thunberg-Andrew Tate battle on Twitter today? Is it, is it something you yeah, looked at Yeah, enough? and I'd
1: have to say uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of Greta, and I'm also not a huge fan of the like you know, small dick insult. Um, yes. But I, I think <laughs> I wanna... it was well handled in this particular it, – it, it's sort of an easy, low-hanging fruit. It happens to me a lot, which uh, you know, may not be entirely accurate. Know, a well, the point. well, anyway, we, in this particular yes. uh, instance, yeah, I think it was a, the rare instance of a, a small dick joke told well.
0: Yes. Uh, for listeners who haven't seen this, Andrew Tate is a kickboxing boxing champion. He decided for whatever reason, like God only, I have no idea why these people There's, are There so may be some
1: steroid use, which also has, maybe. you know, geni- genital effects. So she may have been but, very well placed with this. Insult.
0: But, you know, Greta, you know, I can understand, but Greta Thunberg, I mean, really, she's, she's out there, but is this something you want to spend your time doing? So he takes a picture of himself fueling up some expensive car. What was it, his Bugatti? And he tells Greta about his 33 cars. Each of them are more more sort of bad for the climate than the, than the one before it. And he says, you know, please give me your email address, and I'll send you the complete list of my car collection. And she says, yes, please email me at at com." And the thing, absolutely, how many retweets does it have? 2.1 million likes. 450,000 retweets today. So it's been kind of the story of the day. On, But it's just Should, I find it's so Swedish environmentalists
1: is, are not known for their quick comebacks. So, no, they're not. Yeah, I think no. it's j- just the fact that it's you know the source material is it- not a t- it's not a terrible comeback, and where it's coming from, I think is. But I don't get it. World today, rightly so. If
0: if you're a kickboxing champion. And you own thirty three cars. Why are you tweeting to Greta Thunberg for the love of humanity? Like, just leave her alone. So she, she, she cares about what she cares about. Why would you even? It probably took him hours to write this out. Why would he bother? I just don't. And then he gets smacked by a by a teenager. I, I just don't get. I don't get it. I don't get why the. Yeah, Greta you have Thunberg a warehouse
1: thing. full of cars. Um, I, I would like to think you you live on a, a higher plane of existence than the rest of us normies. And you would think. You know, the, the, the concerns of a Swedish environmentalist who was also a teenager uh, wouldn't even phase you. I mean, you, you should be in some sort of stratosphere of wealth uh, in yeah. which, you know, what, what the crowd is saying, you don't even consider. Um, yeah, it, so what, that, that, that is playing, yeah. that I, If I should ever get to a point where I have a warehouse full of cars, I may still be tortured by the, the thoughts of you know, the lower rungs.
0: I, I've never seen you at tweet Greta Thunberg, <laughs> no matter what. So it's probably not a it's obviously not a wise thing to do even if you're a kickboxing champion uh tristan thank you so much for your time oh last question for you because we have about 45 seconds left i understand that you've already gotten rid of your christmas tree because it was already dry i've had that happen it's the worst
1: oh yes yes it was uh i, I had it was a, a fire hazard so uh yeah i had to uh get rid of it but i, I don't know uh which you know my lady is in the room it's yes. Very big on like environmental toxins, but no problem yep. with just having an incendiary bomb in the living room for a month. That's, <laughs>
0: the that's, drying that's tree. In the, in that's a different room.
1: kind of threat. Burning to death, no problem. But you know, <laughs> God forbid there's any phthalates around. You know.
0: It's, it seems a little early, the twenty eighth. But if it's a hazard, it's a hazard. Tristan, have a happy new year. Thank you so much. Thank you.